Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. I'm Eric, and today joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weary Rider. Also joining me is David, whose audio is better this time. Yes, it is. Hi, I'm Wind Runner. Whose audio is hopefully better. No, it is better. It is better. I already know. We've we've done it better this time. Uh, and and I'm Chaos on the forums. Uh, we're back. Uh, and I know you guys want to talk about more Stormlight, and we do too. Trust me. Yeah, we do. But this month, uh, White Sand Volume Two is coming out on February twentieth. So what we wanted Ooh. to do is do a podcast on Volume One, and then uh. A little bit later, we'll do a volume two podcast. We we do want to intersperse some uh, good meaty discussion because we're not done with Oathbringer at all, and uh, this this isn't really going to be a multi podcast series. Uh, besides each volume episode, I don't think. Uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but we shall see. Yeah, There's so well, much to well, dive into. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so we're going to talk about White Sand, the graphic novel. It was uh, one of Brandon's first novels, uh, but before... It was the first, Well, actually. The very first. The original yes. version, the original of, version. White Sand. of White Sand. Yes. He, then he rewrote it as either his seventh or his eighth. It I was his eighth remember. because uh, Elantris was six, Dragonsteel mm. was seven, and uh, so it, this has to be eight because yeah, it wasn't that makes five, sense. So... Mm. Uh, it has it has to be eight, but um, so it's w- one of the books that is was the foundation of the Cosmere. Yeah, this is when mm-hmm. he was developing the Cosmere because he didn't really have it all nailed down with Elantris. Uh, and Brandon's admitted this in interviews, but sometimes he's like, oh, "I had it all planned out at Elantris, like kind of, but there were some except for that perpendicularities." Were not really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he put he put Hoyd there, you know, like there, there's stuff you can see he was starting it. He, mm-hmm. he yeah. knew kind of what he wanted. Yeah, no idea what perpendicular. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, but uh, he did expand it out, and it all makes sense. Um, but first, there is some news. Why don't you take us through that, Ian? Yeah. So there was an interview with Patrick Capera from Crafty Games. Yay, Patrick! Who does the um, Mistborn Adventure game and Mistborn House War? Also, really nice person. And he, yes. Um, and he mentioned that there's a going to be a new supplement for the Mistborn Adventure game this year titled Nobles the Golden Mandate. Was there so, not yeah. always, already a noble update? I thought I no. heard about that. Nope. But, oh, okay. Nope. I knew there was it, a Ska one. but Yeah, no. there was a Ska one, and they've been talking about doing a noble-themed um, supplement for a while. Mm. A long time so ago, this when will we be... interviewed them, like, forever ago, they mentioned that, I think. Yeah. I bet bands put that on the back burner once they needed to like update the era two stuff. Now that yeah. we know oh, so much sure. more, but for yeah, sure. yeah. And they also mentioned that the expansion for Mythborn House War, the Siege of Luthadel. Oh, my is favorite also part. This. That's my favorite part of Era One. The Siege is of Luthadel. Is there a Zane card in there just for Eric? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hope so. I Don't worry. Really I, have, so. I have not played House War, and uh, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I heard it's fun. I um, if you're chance. interested in House War, there was actually a video that Geek and Sundry did. Oh yeah, that's in their right. Game the Game um, that series cool. that was uh, an entire. Um, they have a video that explains how to play, and then a video where they actually play it. 
which was quite enjoyable. Cool. So, okay. I would be down to play it with you guys if we could do this on Tabletop Simulator. That would be a lot of fun. There are fun. issues with Tabletop Simulator, though. So. Yeah, but like... But- we are not in the same location, so that'll yes. just have to be how it goes. We can we play it yeah. in May with Brandon. Well, you and I Missoula. can. You and I, I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, 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 we can. We can put air. Uh, we put Wary on tabletop simulator just for him. Oh, great! That'll work out really great. <laughs> yeah. Great, great plan. Yeah. Um. Other just news- fly me out. Okay. Yeah. To fly me out, so yeah. I can just I play do not have the money for games. Um. Other news. Uh. The Shire Post Mint Mistborn coins, which are super awesome. They're they're really cool, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, if you didn't back the Kickstarter, you can pre-order them on the Shire Post Mint uh, webpage. And so you can just buy them. Uh, they say that it's a pre-order now, but uh, they say they'll be shipping February 2018. So yeah. basically soon-ish. Mm. Uh, also... I don't think we've reported on this because we've been bad at writing news posts, but the Kaladin album you can buy as well. You can get it on Spotify, Google Play, all access. I like that. For whoever has that. I do. You get YouTube Red with it. I'll shill. Um, <laughs> but but you, you can buy the Kaladin album. Yep. And the Reckoners kick, the Kickstarter for the Reckoners board game started... Okay, started on the 13th, which is in the past for you, but is in the future We're recording, for us. we record things in advance, slightly. Sometimes, yeah. But uh, it's not the 13th yet, but that will be after this podcast posted. But so it'll, so it'll be out on the 13th, so. Yeah, so go support them. Yeah. Uh, they, they seem like nice people, too. Oh, yeah. So, White Sand, uh, we've gotten this group of people specifically here for uh, White Sand Opinions. Um, uh-huh. Now, before we get started, yeah. we are going to be discussing the pros. Oh, yeah. We got, mm-hmm. we got to talk about the relationship with the pros because Brandon sends out White Sand. He, he's historically done this. He's also done this with Aether of Night. Uh, that's that's been one of his unpublished works that you can get. Um, and so if you sign up to his newsletter, there's a link to download White Sand, the prose version. Mm-hmm. Volume one of White Sand is one one third of that book, which is itself Ish. the first of a trilogy. Great. It's, that is really the rest great. of which is unwritten. It, totally unwritten. We have absolutely no idea what that's going to be. Um. So we're not going to, like, spoil stuff later uh, for White Sand, but we might talk about general impressions of what that book was. I know for me, it's We been... might spoil stuff from later on in the book. We'll try, to, we'll, we'll try to get to avoid getting too plot heavy or give, like, a little notice yeah, if we're going like, like, yeah. to run into, oh, this is what happens. Yeah, but, right, yeah. right. And, and, we're, and we'll, just, we'll just make a... Uh, Spoilers just for White Sand and not other stuff, but we're not like gonna go like here's the ending or Oathbringer in this White Sand. Oh no, no, so yeah, but you know. like the end of the prose, we we might touch on. Yeah, we might we might touch on. Um, it's been a really long time since I've read the prose version, so honestly, me reading White Sand Volume One, which uh, I I read uh this weekend, I hadn't read it before, so really great. You finished like five hours. That's true. (laughs) Yes, that that is correct. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really remember 
the pros version. Uh, I remember having opinions on it though. Mm-hmm. I so yeah, I, I read uh, it relatively recently. So okay, um, I have a fairly strong memory. We, how about before yeah. we go into the blow by blow, we just go with our quick hot takes on what we thought about White Sand Volume One, okay. and then, then we'll like go into detail on like what happened and stuff. Uh-huh. It's not as bad as people say it is. What about you, David? Uh, I believe that White Sand Volume 1 was an earnest attempt at adapting (laughs) Brandon's story that suffered from a few flaws that made the characters a lot weaker and really undermined a lot of the world building, which was my part of the original one. So that's my take on it. I I can see that. That was way nicer than I thought you were going to do. Me too. I'm remaining professional. I can... it's, It's no fun to just, like, talk trash, but... It's oh, that'll be later favorite. when we get into specifics. Oh, we, we'll yeah. get into it, but... Yeah. Uh, I'll say, uh, given that I've been hearing for, like, a long time that uh, David didn't like uh, White Sand Volume 1, I was just like, I don't want to read it. Because I- I'm not a comic person, personally, so I, I haven't really read many graphic novels. and mm-hmm. So that-, that was just a lot of inertia. But I don't know. I-, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't love it, but it, it was all right. Mm-hmm. That that was that was kind of my opinion. Uh, yeah. What is your experience with the graphic novels, Ian? Because I also do not read many of them, so that was something I was like aware of going into it. Is that it's not okay. my strongest media. Yeah. So when I first read this, when it came out a year and a half ago, or over that, mm-hmm. which very long time to wait for volume two. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Are working on I it. wasn't as experienced as I am now. Okay. Like, I had mostly read the Dresden Files um, comics, oh, which okay. I, oh. I quite enjoyed. Since then, I've gotten a, into DC Comics, so I'm... Yeah, you're into it now. Sure. I'm <laughs> into it. I, I am by no means well-read or knowledgeable, but I am reading more comics, yes. okay. so... I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone can... with. With the long history of comics to really know no. all the things that have happened. Like, I don't think there's enough time in the... Yeah. In the there are people time. who say they do. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, so, that's kind of our initial impressions. Let's, let's, let's get into the blow-by-blow. Blow. Um, so, we start in chapter one. Uh, the, the art actually looks pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my concerns going into this was... Uh, that like how cool would a graphic novel be when it's white and sandy and like how 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 cool could the art be whereas something like stormlight you know there's there's like a lot of really interesting visuals and stuff right mm-hmm. yeah. uh but the the art's pretty good we're we're in uh Kreda, right is that they're, they're, yeah, they're in like the mountain part. yeah, yeah Mount to t- touch on the art it's like cuz i i do want to say that it's not my favorite art style, mm-hmm. but the story is more important anyways. I, so it's uh, it's it's not so bad that I'm like, I hate this and I'm never going to read it. The, it's just meh. The the art uh I, I feel like the art's a little muddy, like just with like the lining. I don't know. Uh I, have, I, I, I don't really have a lot of context to really make my thoughts clear, but uh, the yeah. art wasn't the greatest. But Yeah, the yeah. line art isn't as crisp as I like. Yeah, I kind of have trouble telling the characters apart sometimes, but yeah. that is also just a problem that I have it with people in general, so I don't know how much of that is just my, <laughs> oh, yeah. my face a- blindness that like... I believe that I have. So, 
Yeah, like absolutely like in the first few chapters where all of the sandmasters are wearing oh, yeah. exactly the same I, I know, uniform with yeah, their hoods that, up. That's, that's one of those things with, with a graphic novel, like really we're and like all half wearing... of them are bald so yeah. <laughs> like, like i recognize what kenton, color are their eyebrows i i recognize <sighs> kenton and i recognize praxton but mm-hmm. i mostly recognize praxton because he's being mean to kenton oh but, yeah. <laughs> but wait 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 so i i just have a question with where this book starts because there's no like yeah. where are they they are here. in the center they are, of the yeah. dayside okay, continent. Okay. The dead they, they are in the center. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. That, it's a holy yeah. place for the Sandmasters. I will add. Right, okay. 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 That I there that is a map. Yeah. The that labeled Krada. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought it was Krada, but they, they uh, were in that area. Yeah. They're not that's quite in the right. Karla. But I do not know by what geologic process these mountains were created, but I am interested to discover if that is supposed to be magical or if they are really just don't really care about how it's all dragon steel it could be well, dragon steel since the continent is almost perfectly circular i'm going to say shards magic yeah. <laughs> I, have never, I have never seen sandstone that looks like that over the course of my almost four-year geology degree but it <laughs> is possible you, you are <laughs> training to be a geologist so yeah. you you do have those things but that how long are they in i i thought they were in the curl up whatever they're near the curla, the but like the curla is by definition like deeper sand, and they are where the rock is starting to poke out of it. Okay, so. all right, okay, thanks. It's you. not the deepest sand; it's the medium deep sand, as we will see later. But not as deep to support it down. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. There's a line where it's like, oh, the sand's not deep enough to support a town. What does that? The crap it's does the, that it's mean? It's the dorum vines, Eric. The ones that carry I the water. There are dorum yeah. vines there. Yeah, there then are I, dorm vines there. Then they, I have no meet. idea why that sand's not deep I, enough I, there. Yeah, I have no idea. But, because, yeah. Because uh, when Kenton says, we're not even in the desert, then uh, that's where there are no dorm vines. So yeah. it, it makes even less sense. But anyway, my concern with where this is starting, we haven't even talked about anything that actually happens. <laughs> but we, as we see, the Sandmasters are not centered here at all. They they're no. not their base is not in uh this holy place. Their base yeah, is no. in Kesare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long in the, are they there in the year? Is that was this just to like promote Sandmasters? Yes. Uh-huh. It's just a ceremony. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Uh, That's where the path is to the Mastral's path yeah, 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 that he's yeah, running. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a ceremonial thing. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, it's a company retreat, basically. <laughs> I don't know. I I got the impression that they were kind of there in a while uh, for a while because Kenton's flashbacks seemed like they were also in that same place and not in like. Kesari yes, I think they were because right? they were taking like they were the taking the right, right, right. Yeah, right, it's, it's, right. it's, it's not like the they stayed there the entire, entire time. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It it, I, it it's always just a shock to me when they get to Kesare and then they're like, oh yeah, no, literally all the Sandmasters went over here. We like we didn't yeah. like leave a contingent in our giant base. Or anything mm. like okay, sure, but uh, and it is kind of odd too, especially if you haven't like read the whole thing to like get a sense of where they are or where they're trying to go. Yeah. If you're immediately in the wrong spot, but, I had to keep know. looking at the map because the, the one thing with like the pros, you can kind of like get that world building, and you kind of don't because we I, we we did get some. Like I kind of liked Kenton's internal dialogue; like it was okay. Like I didn't feel totally lost about what was happening mm-hmm. but uh certainly i was like where are we where are we going 
and things like yeah. that. And, and Brennan has said that's one of his regrets about the graphic novel is that a lot of the world building didn't come through as well as he would have hoped. Yeah. But I think that's just an, a natural consequence of it, this is a very different medium. Like you can't do no, you the can't. stuff you can do in a prose. You, you can't. Um, so anyway, Kenton is upset with his dad because uh, Kenton is training to be a Sandmaster. We realize that Kenton's mom was a Darksider. So there's two sides to the planet. Uh, oh, we should probably talk about what Taldane is. That might be good. Uh, yep. Taldane is is tidally locked. Uh, so one side is uh, permanently day and the other side's permanently dark. And so there's day side and dark side. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what's happening. Um, and apparently that meant that all of uh, Praxton, the Lord Masterals, kids had no sand mastery except Kenton who had like very limited sand mastery. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 curious how much of that if that's like an actual thing or if that might just be like them being racist in world, you know what I mean? Like the way like Kenton talks about it, it's like, "Oh, they're just being racist." Mm-hmm. But I I think there might be something there, like the um dark side spiritual DNA yeah. interfering with the day side mm-hmm. spiritual right. DNA. Right, like that that's not mm-hmm. that different from like, skylight whatever that is. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. No, I was just curious, but yeah. Yeah, so like I'm I'm not like yeah, on the day side whatever latent ability for sand mastery is there, like you just don't get it if you're mixing with outsiders, but mm-hmm. uh but it's interesting that because Kenton mentions this in the prose as well that he's the youngest son. Yes. But we really never hear anything Absolutely about his, nothing. his elder siblings. brothers Absolutely like, nothing. or what happened to his mother. Do we even like, hear about his mother that in is the dead. Pose? I'm pretty oh, sure. Is his oh, mother is, is dead. Uh, his brothers don't come up. I'm curious if they're just like, if they don't care about Praxton, because I recall that he was not a terribly involved father to <laughs> no. the sons that did not have sand no, mastery. It, and even in this, they're like, oh, yeah, Praxton was like not very good. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. He's not but, the best. Well, he father. is a jerk. But uh, maybe if they uh didn't join the DM, they were just somewhere else in Lasand. They were raised separately, if I recall from the prose version. Sense. I don't know if that detail was in no, the not graphic novel. But yeah. Oh, we we will talk about like a comparison with the prose version and this. And do know the prose version isn't canonical, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it is not the the stuff that we're we're talking about. Uh in the prose, we're just trying to glean more information because we don't get as much world building in the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, like, the, like the processes that change it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, for some reason, when you are uh, inducted uh, to being a Sandmaster and not just an Accolant, once you get your rank, you are frozen in that rank forever. Kenton says, frozen forever. And so Kenton, for the last six times or something refuses a rank he he does not get like the crappy rank that his dad's giving him because Mm -hmm. kenton can only control one ribbon of sand right or one whirlwind depending (laughs) they do say ribbons here but i know i'm talking about the way it looks but yeah yeah i know i know anyway so kenton uh who whose basic character trait is uh being rebellious and determined against his dad really uh, he decides to go do this challenging thing and do the Mastral's Path, uh, which involves him uh, 
needing to collect five spheres in a certain time period, and he's not allowed water, uh, mm-hmm. which is important because sand mastery requires the use of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like you get dehydrated. Like, yeah, your body's water. It. Mm-hmm. It's basically this super challenging test that like only the strongest sand masters can accomplish. And so like not even all of the mastrels are capable of it. Right. And mm-hmm. uh and everyone's like trying to talk Kenton to not do this, right? Uh yeah. oh, they, they also talk about uh slatrification. Uh so the so one of the sandmaster abilities is controlling sand. Crazy, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh with various ribbons. Uh and then the other one is turning sand to water. Which you have to be very powerful yeah. to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Kenton Which is the, called slatrification. But yes. Yeah. And yeah. Kenton even says that that doesn't seem related to the other sandmaster abilities. But apparently during the Mastral's path, you don't get your water bottle because if you're a pro Mastral, you'll just slatrify and get water for it. Like that that was mm-hmm. the indication that I got. Yeah, which I'm curious because I, I guess there's not like diminishing returns on that. You know, like you if you can get more water than you're losing, you know what I mean? We have very little information about how satisfaction yeah. works. Yeah. yeah. We, we didn't get much of that in the pros at all anyway. Mm. So, yeah. Because Kenton couldn't do it there either. So, anyway, so he goes in the Mastral's path. He he fights this big creature. He He's pretty pro. Oh, he also gets a sword, which is, he well, he had a sword. Uh, mm. Yeah. Which, which the is other Mastral's didn't like. like. Yeah. No, no, one, no one really likes it. But, uh. Kenton does. The, He's a fan well, of the yeah. sword. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's right. Kenton is someone. Yes, that's true. Uh, but there's this big sand monster and... Uh, called a sandling. Called a sandling, yes. Not a Kremling. No relation. Not a Kremling. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. Uh, it does look pretty cool. Uh, and mm-hmm. Kenton, yeah. what what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to slatrify to uh, create some water which will then dissolve the sandling's uh, armor, and then it will just leave. That's what he was supposed mm. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, s- sandlings evolved, like, to, like, they're not liquid-based at all. Mm. They, they have, have like, like, blood gas or uh-huh. something. Oh, yeah. is that in the pros? Because that, yeah. that wasn't really yeah. clear. Oh. I think I, I yeah. do... I think what when he stabs it, like there is some like jetting of gas, but I don't oh, recall yeah. specifically. Oh, it's it's kind of yes, subtle, but, but yeah. One of my criticisms is that the Kremlin is drawn Sandling. very clearly to Sandling. have saliva in yeah, it, which no, I mean, like it should. Before have that. you said that about the prose version, I'm like, ah, you know, our, our artistic license and stuff. But yeah. if like if they specifically have like gas for blood and weird crap, yeah. they would not have saliva, right? Maybe it's like an alcohol base, like the different liquid. Well, you know what I'm gonna say? But I think all it. liquid dissolves them. Mm. Oh, is that true? Okay, I'm pretty sure. Maybe. It, yeah. I don't yeah. know what. I don't know if they ever poured oil on anything during <laughs> this, so I'm not sure. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We. Yeah. I don't think we know about oil. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to say spiritual realm mumbo jumbo. Great. We solved it. Uh, that, that's the solution to everything. Yeah, I, the I think that's more biological than spiritual. <laughs> I, that was just a joke that every everything you can just whisk away with the spiritual realm. Yeah. It's just if you think about it and you eat your, your cognitive aspect in the right spot, you can just have saliva if you want <laughs> near a sand line. It's that easy. That's right. You just really believed it. Anyway. Yeah. Kenton, instead of doing this, totally just kills this sandling. And uh, when he gets back, uh, he, he's like, oh, wait, wait. 
we got we got to be careful here. Uh because he wakes up and in the scene where he wakes up in chapter 2 we see above like the place where he's recovering a radio for some reason. Is it how clearly is it a radio? Because I don't recall. Is it like? Is I remember it looking kind of like a boombox, but I wasn't. Sh- oh, is there okay. like a mic on it? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if there was like a microphone or not. Was what I was curious. Let about. me go back. Let me go back. Uh, I have it, the book. Uh, it whatever it is, it, it is looks not, like radio-like equipment. It, it looks yeah. a lot like a boombox that has a radio component. Is all okay. I'll say. Yeah. Um. Very and, incongruous to everything else. It like has a screen. It looks like there's nearly knobs, but like that—that's kind of the thing with the art. It's a little muddy, so yeah. it, it's not and like, like it's there are well... cables coming out of it. Yeah, I there just are don't... cables coming out of it. Actually, yeah, I know. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Like I know Brandon does try to like not make technology necessarily run directly linearly to how it does on Earth because we <laughs> I don't remember the pros not. when they when they went to their sacred uh mastral promoting trials and like, but wait, I forgot my boombox. You gotta call them up on the right ra- <laughs> and like I don't remember that part. And like maybe it's dark side technology, but there's not like there's some dark side influence, but not that much. And they have really basic guns. So if they had like a fairly modern looking radio as well that would be a little bizarre to me well it's not a modern looking I said, radio but like, it's like, like from like the 50s i know but like i i have a boombox that looks like that so you as, know like it's those are still will, in use as we will learn later even darksiders only had guns for like a century yeah so, yeah like radios guns were invented a long time ago so you know radio technology is a bit different I don't know what that has to do with anything. Seems pretty incongruous, especially in the Sandmaster area where there has been absolutely no evidence of technology at all. Zero it's like, evidence. It's like Hoyd's boombox, you know, and he's just like, and that's ah, his and cameo for this. He, he just the, like yeah, right. left it there, you know. He He's that guy on the on the page and he's like, I'm guarding my boombox. I'm lending it yeah. to you, Mastrels, now. But, but I'm going to get gonna it, it back. back. Yeah. This is how I record my letters. I just say it into a radio, and then I send a boombox to another location. And that's that's how the other shards hear me. Seems good. So I'll just radio tech. Anyway, he survived, but uh, some people are pissed off because uh, he killed the sanding, which was separated from the deep sands, and no one knows how it got there. And so now, basically, Kenton ruined the Mastral's path because he murdered it. Which is... I get that. Sometimes Kenton is a little annoying. I understand why they don't like him yes, sometimes. Yes, there is one part where I was like, dude, that was like really mean. And even if you realized it a page later, like that was a dick move. Yeah. Like, I, I think f- from like knowing where this story is going, I like that he killed it as like a metaphor for like the way of the old Bastrols is gone now. Mm. I do like that, actually. Sure. That, yeah. Oh, anyway, also, uh, before this, we've seen one reference to someone named Dryl, who is important, who's another Mastral. But apparently, he has uh, been caught selling his Sand Mastery. Or planning to sell. Or something like that, uh, in some mercenary way. Mm-hmm. Which because, is like, not a thing you're The Sand Masters are very full of themselves, is like, Oh, we we don't sell our services. We're just awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not really clear what they would do day to day in Kesare. I feel like say. they just like hang um, out and like aren't nice to people. You know, like, pretty much that's what they do. Well, I yeah. mean, I get that, but like, 
They really I, don't do anything. No, I, yeah. I they know, train. But, right. So we'll, we'll get to what, what happens in a sec. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Dryle's demoted, which has never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing about Dryle that and this could be nothing and me just reading too much into something, okay. but I think it's in this in the White Sand graphic novel as well. Like when they're picking him out in the very beginning and they're like, ooh, his name this is Dryle, son of Rainst Dryle. A profitable yeah. catch in more ways than one, and that is never addressed again. And I was no, always curious isn't. if that was like a thread for like a sequel or like how his father was going to be relevant in this story, and it is that's never definitely, brought up again. That's definitely the smoking gun that I'm really lear- yearning for in the sequel. Well, yeah, well, really. but I was just like, it felt like a like a little nod to, oh, remember that name, you know? But like, there's never any follow up. Then Praxton does technically give. Kenton, the rank of Mastral, but uh, basically says, hey, everyone's going to think that uh, I just gave it to you because you're my son uh, and not actually think that you're awesome. And it's like, yeah. And everyone's going to hate you for it. Yeah. I wonder if Praxton could not have simply just like had a little sit down with Kenton and been like, hey, just want you to know like this is like this is why I can't make you a Mastral. Do you understand? And Kenton was like, yeah, I understand. Praxton and is then- not a good dad. <laughs> All of his Praxton- other sons are raised separately that's not great. Yeah. I, I don't think it would like even occur to him that, that that would be an option. I know. It makes me He's sad. He's one of the bad oh, well. dads of the Cosmere. Let's just put it that way. He is not Early the high heart. prince of dads by any no. stretch of the imagination. No. Then during the ceremony, uh, randomly, all of them are attacked. That's what happens. And uh, by Kirstians. By Kirstians. Um, Who hate Sandmasters. Because yes. they're unholy. I yes. Think. Oh, yeah. yes. There, there was actually one interesting thing before uh, all the Sandmasters die. Spoiler, they, they all die in this oh. attack. Except like Kenton and like a few others and Dryle. Uh, but of his course. dad dies and every, everyone dies. Apparently uh, that ev- everyone like got dehydrated and Kenton thinks that like they got poisoned. Yes. So uh, for that. But uh, there, there was one line how... Apparently, Sandmasters are atheists, mm-hmm. but they still turn to the Sand Lord, which is like, because they reference the Sand Lord. It's not, I never uh, really found them particularly atheist and why they had to I be I think atheist. it's more that, like, they themselves, like, they're not atheists in the sense that, like, Yasna is an atheist. Like, mm their organization is technically atheist because like they don't follow the will of the sand lord and, but culturally like they all grow up mm-hmm. in a culture that does revere the sand lord yeah so, so it's probably never saying, like, oh my god you know what i mean like it's just it's, i don't think it was yeah sure and i think they're also i don't even think they could be religious officially even if they wanted to be because i'm pretty sure the kirstians like church would not allow them to be and be sandmasters it's not really yeah quite clear yeah. uh you also said that there was a comment about kirstians and their technological level uh yeah so kirstians are actually like compared to los and that like they're the technologically advanced ones on the con- on day side yeah that uh it, it's just like a very different kind of technology than what we are accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that definitely does not come through uh, 
in the graphic novel because they look like random barbarians. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. Lausanne is supposed to be, is like a relatively poor country compared to the Kirstians because they do not have as much because they don't have the deep sand and they're reliant on regular farming as opposed to, yeah. Whatever so, the crap Kirstians do. I yeah. Guess. I don't know where they get their food. I mean, I assume they just, it just comes they up out of the They farm like sandlings and oh, stuff. Like yeah, they, yeah. They eat the, like the paste that they make after they melt them. That sounds delicious. There's, um, there's a lot of bugs pour in water this. on sandlings and then <laughs> bake the remains. Yeah. yeah, it's not good, but yeah. But basically, all the sandmasters die, uh, yeah. except Kenton. Oh, Praxton like does a death whale and like wrecks people, which but was cool. Yeah. It was cool, it, except that that I guess just like murdered everyone including a lot of kirstians but kenton this this is the part that annoys me so we, chapter three before kenton, we get to okay. chapter three right, i have right. another comment okay all right great great <laughs> and it's one of my criticisms that uh-huh. the battle is not really clear what's going on you really don't see <laughs> yeah. much Sandmastering at all? Yeah, because Kenton's like, oh yeah, you guys, you gotta use ribbons, not walls. And I'm like, great, I totally know all about those. Reading the graphic novel, like, really don't. Yeah, there's that one point where like they're um sandmastering, but like the panel ends like before you see any of it. So Mm -hmm. it's just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, They literally have their hands stretched forward, and then the panel ends. I just just saw it. Oh my god. I I think the battle could have been really awesome if we could actually have seen Sandmastery yeah. mm-hmm. and actually could tell what was happening. Yeah. And the battle was like pretty cool in the prose version for my recollection. It as was well, pretty too, cool because I you do get pretty cool here. But. Yeah. But you get like a little more of Kenton, like showing himself as a leader, even then like organizing the Sandmasters who are like having trouble, like realizing that they can't use their sand as they normally would to defend themselves. And Kenton, who is used to not being able to do that, is giving them tips and kind of like organizing a little resistance. They, they do that here too. Like it, my, it, it, I think it a comes, little bit, a yeah. little bit. It was a longer scene in the pros. And sure. I, I yeah. mean, uh, with, with a lot of this stuff, like it's, it's being compressed, but like they, they, that does come through. Whereas mm. Kirstian technology definitely does not come through, yeah. right? Like, like they have pneumatic. But I don't think that really ever came yeah. through in the prose either. No, that's true. I I, I totally forgot. Oh, really? It's been years there, since I I thought it did it. a little better from Chris's early POVs. But we can it's we can talk about been Chris a more long later. Time oh yeah, 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 yeah. I read it. I read it within the last year, so I remember yeah, it fairly well. It's it's been a really long time for me, and I'm like, I don't want to read that again personally. But so. Kenton bursts from the sand. Uh, it's a pretty cool looking scene, but everyone's dead. Somehow he's been alive in the sand for like a while because he says that the Kirstians, there, it was long enough for the Kirstians to remove the bodies of their dead for proper burial in the deep sands. But apparently no sandmasters survived or anything. And Kenton... Didn't suffocate to death being buried under sand somehow. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a plot hole. I don't understand how this happened at all, really, personally. He, he could have just passed out on top of the sand, and it wouldn't have looked as cool, but it made a lot more sense. 
he was bursting from yeah, the ground. I know, I know. that's what I'm saying that like they could have very easily have changed that just one small detail to like make people not go, well, how is he alive? It's not Maybe. the fact it, that he's alive. It's just that there's an indication that a lot of time has passed. That's what I'm saying, though, is that like he's alive after like a long probably time. six hours, you know, like the, like five minutes. I could see him surviving under the sand. But, right. You yeah, know. totally. Totally. Anyway, so apparently the Kirstians did that. I don't know. I don't think that makes any sense at all. But sure. Great. Maybe he can draw strength from the sand as a sand master, you know, and it's just it's just uh, like Stormlight. I, 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 need a don't think that's the, I don't remember that being an ability that Sandmaster. It was in the prose version, I'm sure. No, I'm kidding. It's not. Fun no, fact. Not. Uh, uh. And so basically, Ken is like, oh, my God, they're all dead. Uh, and then we meet. We meet Darksiders who are just coincidentally here, I guess. But okay, there, there's like a reason that I, was in the in the prose version. I remember there being a reason that I do not remember, but uh, yeah, because in the prose version we get a whole like sequence of Chris POVs that lead up to this. Mm-hmm. It it really was still more or less happenstance, even in the prose version, because they had accidentally killed their guide by that point, and they were just wandering <laughs> they do reference around that later. lost. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out on the map. Oh, anyway. Chris is coming from Darkseid, and uh, one of the sad things with this is that we don't get to see those early Chris POVs, which were pretty cool, in my yeah. opinion. Like, the first Chris chapter where they're going from Darkseid to Dayside was really cool. Just mm-hmm. seeing that, it was really cool, high fantasy stuff. Uh, but looking at the map, I'm like, where did Chris land, and why are they in the center of the desert? And She landed they- on the border ocean. Coast. <laughs> That is not descriptive at all. I know. I was making a joke. They they landed somewhere in not one of the small kingdoms or Lost Land. And it's about as good as we know. So they've been traveling through Kirsta the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm, They landed in Kirsta. They're trying to get to Lost Land. I think they took a poor route. Okay. All right. All right. Again, not described in the graphic novel at all. So, yeah. And they also can't navigate, which they do touch on later. They They don't know how to find themselves. That they do. That they do, but it's. All right, fine. They're they're there. That's fine. Uh, You know, for Chris being such a uh, prominent character, Mm. I don't know. It was interesting to see this rendition of Chris. I I don't know. I got used Mm -hmm. to her appearance because, I mean, Mm. we we all know she's dark skinned. Like, we know know that. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. Her entrance is pretty cool, but also yeah, like she's simultaneously jarring to me i don't know this yeah. is young socialite chris this is not yeah chris rider of the ars arcanum mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah which by the way if you didn't know that's what she is she writes the ars arcanums in the end of the book for people who are still figuring out literally the, the most important person yeah in this book. she is critical absolutely yeah uh, she's the one that knows the most about how the cosmic works mm-hmm. yes. yeah later on in her life yeah more, more than hoyt even Mm-hmm. I think Chris's yes. first appearance was jarring for me as well, and in part because, and maybe they've changed her character pretty drastically for the graphic novel intentionally, but from having read the prose version first, she was kind of like, she was not really a socialite back in LA. She was kind of like a nerdy university scholar I, who was not well known in the court, so she wouldn't really behave like that, it, which honestly, is why it surprised me. Honestly, it's I think, really just the very first panel that Chris appears, where yes. she, she mm-hmm. has this weird pose that would be like a socialite, but in her uh-huh. dialogue, that that there's really not. Yeah, it was just a weird introduction. Like, yeah, it's 
I think she's she's still a noble, so mm-hmm. like yeah. there is a measure of socialite to her just naturally. Yeah, it's not like she was like getting the initial, off the catwalk though, you know, like the, a little bit. The initial bit. pose is True. like, yeah, look how awesome I am. But like that doesn't uh-huh. actually come across in there. And like I got used to her appearances mm-hmm. as this went on. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's Chris. All right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh we also meet but, a bunch and, of other Darksiders. Yeah. Who, including Bayonne, who, who is one of He's the, blunt. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the people in the Eshik interlude in May of Kings. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the three people looking for Hoyt. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he is eventually a world hopper. Mm-hmm. Then we uh, get confused with these other two professors uh, yeah. who really don't have yeah. much mm-hmm. defining character traits in this volume. But okay, yeah, cool. They are better characterized yeah. in the prose as I, separate people. But yeah. If you're they're, reading they're, this, they, like, ah, oh, there's Cinder and then there's John and John like, Akron. I yeah. definitely know all about these two people. And one of like the issues like later on is that the dialogues tags get swapped so it, <laughs> it they because like so even the, the one we thought care. was cinder refers to the other one as cinder or something yeah. they were so such memorable like, characters you know that uh it was it was yeah. hard like they really get one memorable interaction when they get to like the dark side thing at kesare but yeah but well, like yeah. B- before then like i, was like, I don't know who like these people are yeah. I don't it's know. not even clear that they're like real characters you know what i mean but, no no yeah, they're just yeah. like in Chris's entourage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. there's, um, so basically, um, Kenton stumbles into one of the Sandmaster tents and just passes out, and he awakes to like voices speaking Dynastic, which mm-hmm. is yeah, a yeah. Darksider language. Yes. And he mentions that it's been two years since he heard someone speak Dynastic. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, who was the last person he heard? dynastic his mother is that when his mother died you wouldn't Mm -hmm. really say it's two years since i heard someone speak dynastic wouldn't you say it's been two years since i heard my mother uh, talk dynastic yeah and i guess yeah i guess be like like his brothers probably know it i don't know what relationship he has with his siblings but like probably would they should all i mean even praxton probably should know dynastic if he loved and married this woman but i don't know i assume he wasn't thrown around dynastic with the already unsavory connection that it brought to him but, I guess I would like more information on Praxton and, and how he met mom. this dark side woman and it married does her. It seem yeah. like we don't get any of that well, because he's dead. But yeah, I, I don't think it's that unusual that he fell in love with the dark sider woman because like mm-hmm. there are a ton of dark siders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in, true. On day side, mm-hmm. there, there are just yeah, meant, a lot more than people expect. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a particularly sentimental or kind or like loving man. So I could see him like not. Maybe he got burned. He must have changed. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe he got burned. It was his he was one, just he took like, one chance bitter. on love? Yeah, and, and then he got bitter. You know, it's possible. I don't know. We're we're just we're just theorizing on characters. Yeah, and this um, is stuff that would have been awesome to see in future volumes, like of this trilogy that Brennan had initially, you know, like, it's possible that we were going to touch on this at some point and Brennan just never got to it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, Chris or Chrysala, her full name is the Duchess of Elise, uh, which is a dark side place. So great. Cool. Uh, and then uh, eventually uh, Kenton uh, becomes Chris's guide. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're trying to go to Los And. Um, yeah. Okay, so we actually like learn a little bit about the ecology of um, Dayside. That's true. With the Dorim vines. That's true. Because like they're like almost out of water, and Kenton's like, "How are you almost out of water? You are not even in the desert. <laughs> like there's Which, water all around." 
because like they don't know about these things called the dorm vines which are underneath the sand that like carry water inside themselves to protect themselves against sandlings Mm -hmm. because like if a sandling tried to like eat the vine the water would be released and it would melt the the sandlings kremlin yeah right right yes which the sandling doesn't want yep so it's basically you pour out some water and the the vine comes up to like absorb it and you just grab the vine and cut it and pour out get some more water it is which is a a lot of water but yeah ecology ecology thing we also see uh chris's party on uh these tonks uh they're kind of cool looking they're like horse sandlings they weren't quite how yeah. I imagined them, but like that's just like what's going to happen when you're imagining something in your head, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I, yeah. They were weird. I want them to look cooler, so, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. They, they looked fine. They weren't horses, so that's fine. Like a- anything, when we get movies, because eventually we will get movies. Eventually. Do you really? I hope so. I think I, I think so. We're going to get something and we're going to get upset because like that looks weird. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get used to it and be like that. Is not how this happened, and so yeah. we we just got to realize that that's like a different thing, mm. and it's a visual medium and stuff. So things mm. are going to no, be. I'm accepting it. I'm. It's just it's jarring to see something that you visualized in your head, like yeah, as an image for the first time. Well, really, just like Chris in general, like oh, you're not really see, how I appeared, but I mean, I, yeah, I, I actually mean, like the way she looked, but I was actually yeah, it, it a just, pretty it big just fan took of me that. a bit to like get used to her appearance, I guess, because mm-hmm. yeah, she's just her a design really was interesting. It, she's just a really important person in the Cosmere, and so I'm just like, oh, mm. this is this is what she looks like. Okay, yeah. whereas like and, Kenton, I didn't like. Yeah. Kenton's Kenton, and I she's also really like the first character you see that is not wearing a white robe, so that is just gonna jump <laughs> off the page a little bit. Well, we did get a few pages of the other things. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we we gotta go faster through this. Um, okay, um, one more thing. Yes. That, um, so when Kenton is pouring out the water. Uh, okay. So this was actually something from the prose version that may or may not have made it into the graphic novel, but I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh-huh. Is that when you pour water on the white sand, it turns black? Oh, that's true. That's actually and really that, important. Yeah, for the magic, for the ecology. That, that's what happens after you, you master the sand. It turns black. Mm-hmm. It turns black as well. Yes. Yeah, that never yeah. happened in this at all. No. Yeah, no, it's mentioned. It's meant. Well, is it? It's mentioned. Yes. We don't see it. We don't see the don't sand see being it. black. We see like vaguely grayish sand. Yeah, at but a like, couple points, yeah. but it's not really like remarked upon. Yeah, always... and it's not really clear in the art. Yeah. 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 If if I saw it like I I would cuz you have this great dichotomy with, you know, hey, the white sand and then it's black. Like I thought that would look visually striking, right? So it's just weird mm-hmm. that like I don't remember that at all uh happening on screen, so um, at least that's what I would expect. All right. Um, then, uh, oh, Chris is also looking for sand mages. This is important. Mm-hmm. And, and Kenton deliberately decides to not tell Chris that he is a sand. Well, like, uh, originally, like, it's like, he doesn't understand what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he, he he's not familiar with the word she's using. Yeah. The, so, the like, mage, he's not, yeah. like deliberately being deceptive he like he's genuinely has no idea what she's talking about mm-hmm. well later i mean yeah later on i think he figures it out yeah but yeah it, because it's like because to him like sand mastery is just a thing it's not magic it's just right a, yeah. So like right yeah exactly mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I think I think that does come across a little stronger in the prose version as opposed to the graphic novel that he has no idea what she's talking about initially. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that- then there's they talk about how he can navigate and um he talks about like when the sun is like in the same place your entire life you like you can tell like minute changes of like its direction yeah. and so he has something very interesting to say here on dayside the sun <laughs> is king Kurine philosophy the religion of the of christians calls the sun the manifestation of the of the sand lord the source of man's autonomy and independence <laughs> Even daysiders who don't worship the sun feel some spiritual bond with it. That is, that is obvious. Blatant. Yeah. Did yeah. we? So if you don't know, the shard on Taldane is it's named autonomy. Yeah. And the sun is the source of the investiture for the sand. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is apparently not obvious to Chris, but you, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she we, hasn't started studying it yet. I know. Is there? A consensus on because for the longest time I was hearing autonomy is in the star or is like directly like making the sunlight magic and like you could use that from another planet. But then later I've seen Brandon say that autonomy is in the atmosphere, which would make sense with all these faces we keep seeing in the clouds. So which we will talk about later. Okay, we it's unclear because yeah. he has said you can use the light from the star anywhere. Yeah, if you can see the light of you can get a little bit of it. Yeah. So who knows? The star, evidently a construct of autonomy, though. I don't think that that was this obvious in the. I don't think it's version. necessarily a construct of autonomy. Well, it the, could just be invested. The system invested. is almost definitely a construct, but. Yeah. Yes, that that's what I mean, Ian. Yes, you're you're correct. But I don't remember this uh, autonomy name drop obvious in the press. Oh, I, that, I, I, don't, I don't believe. I don't well, recall at that, that point, at all. I don't think it was named. I, it was. <laughs> they only finalized it for the graphic novel. Well, I think, I think oh, really? we learned about it in uh, the Shadows of Self release, which was 2015. That's when he name dropped it for the first time. Because, like, he turned to Isaac and asked, "Like, do you want to canonize this?" Oh, now? I guess that's true. They would. They would have been working. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah, right, yeah, that right, right. that line's not in the press. As the person who transcribed that, like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You did. You did do that. It, it was for the graphic novel. <laughs> there you go. Alrighty. So there, there's another scene where uh, we get some more information about politics and how uh, something changed with the Kirstians uh, and how their Akar uh, destroyed the Sandmasters and uh, supposedly the Sand Lord is very pleased with the Akar, the high priest of mm-hmm. the Kirstians, apparently. Uh, which I thought was interesting because, like, as we know, autonomy has lots of uh, avatars. I guess the Sand Lord is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think Sand Lord is just autonomy. I'm, I'm curious if that if that is what it I is. Like, know. it's just autonomy, or how much of autonomy is even on the planet? Like, I don't it's even really not. Clear. It's all up in the air right now. It's I think, really at, at least in clear. my mind. But, uh, but I was wondering if the, there was like the a car is talking to the Sand Lord in some aspect, right? Like, it's, it would not entirely possible. Yeah, it, it could just be. Uh, the Akar, you know, is just making it up for propaganda reasons, but yeah. it, you can definitely talk to the these things. It's not impossible mm-hmm. here. We we know the Sand Lord, there there is a shard here, and she likes to meddle in stuff. So Yeah. So we got that. Uh oh, Kirstian's attack again because they realize that 
Kenton Sash is a Mastral staff, and you know they're trying to kill all the Sandmasters. Um, uh, oh, they actually attack twice. They attack twice. Do they really? Um, oh, wow. Well, well, there's one time where uh, Kirstian in the town thing tries to steal the sash. Uh, well, no, he's just trying to pickpocket Kenton, and the sash comes it? with the coin purse. Yeah. Uh, that's what I recall, but. That, yeah, that's very clearly what happens. <laughs> okay, all right. All this is being cut. I'm. I definitely know what happened in this. Uh, okay, then the Kirstians attack. All right, so they only attack once. Um, and then Kenton realizes that he does not have sand mastery. He cannot master sand anymore. Which in the graphic novel really comes out of nowhere. Really? <laughs> well, this is the first time he's tried to... I guess. Kind of. Theoretically, this is the first time he's tried to master sand since waking up. Except for that weird little scene. But Except yeah. for, like, one yeah. time where he kind of masters sand, but... Yeah. But maybe uh, he maybe his body hadn't realized he'd overmastered. I don't know. Like, yeah. Right, right, right. Let's talk about overmastery. What, what's overmastery? So, overmastery is kind of... It is very similar to savant hood and... Okay. okay. At Wait, this here, actually, point, should we not spoil this or not, Eric? Sorry, we'll, we should we'll pause not that. spoil this because at this point, mm-hmm. not that it has been explained in the graphic novel, but <laughs> as Kenton understands it, if you push yourself, if you sandmaster too much, mm. dehydrated, you yeah, you if you, you die. get like slightly to the brink of dying, like you burn out your sand mastery and you can right. no longer sand master, right. which is what Kenton believes has happened to him. Yes. Maybe in the prose. It's not. He has absolutely no idea in, in the graphic novel. Really? Okay. No, no, no clue. He had, overmastery is not referenced in this context at all. No, okay. it isn't. It's not. That is so bizarre to me. All right. I, yeah. At least I don't think it is. It's such no, a it's, huge it's plot point. It's such a it's, huge plot point. No, it's I don't know super how they're going to change it. it no, yeah. because later he's going to get his sand mastery back and he, and he never references overmastery. It's like a total Spider-Man 2 where it's like, I lost my powers. Why? I don't know. But I, I lost them. I about that. That was a weird thing that happened. In that movie, yeah, yeah it was weird. Yeah. But uh, it, it's exactly like that in this. And it just doesn't feel like it makes sense. But So I'm glad that there is overmastery there. And like they do reference overmastery earlier, but just not in this context at all. Huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe, part of, maybe it was them trying to condense it. And they were just thought that yeah. that connection would be made. Maybe. Uh, pff, I don't know. Um... I'm trying to give them as much slack here as someone who hates this can. But. <laughs> uh, oh, Chris swears by Shella, which is, I, I don't know what that means. I think it's yeah. just a dark side deity. Swear, yeah, or deity, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I still know who, Tommy I, too, but, you know. who Aisha is? Is that still, because that's still a few times, is Aisha? it not? I think that just means Lord. Oh, does it? It might yeah. be because Taisha. That yeah, could be what I that think is. it's oh. linguistic roots. I never picked up on that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brandon is pretty good with the linguistics. Yeah, no, Brandon is Brandon is now. pretty good. That's why we like him. So yeah, I mean, he tried with Elantris. Um, Bayon <laughs> shoots the Kirstians with a gun because he has that, and Kenton's like, "Whoa, I've never seen this yeah. before." Uh, and he compares it to like something that the Kirstians do have, the Zincolin, or I'm probably not saying that, mm-hmm. which is like an air-powered gun. Which is, again, pretty advanced and like should be an indication that they are a little more advanced technology. I'm 
think so. I believe they did. I don't know if they got into the pneumatic aspect of it or if they just had like some arrow shooters on their wrists, but they are pump. You, you pump them up. It's because kinda... I think uh, Kenton asked like if his gun is air powered. I yeah, he probably does. that in the pros now that you mention it, but I'm trying to find where they say that after Van shoots them. It's not easy to text search a graphic novel no, either. Really oh yeah, is. like yeah. yeah, um Kenton asks Chris, like, does it um Chris is explaining like gunpowder, like in guns. It's like Kenton's like, does it use air pressure? No, it relies on a type of explosive called gunpowder. Which this right here is a classic example of my biggest problem and that we have all these really cool world building details that we're talking about right now, but most of them were pulling directly from the pros that did not get <laughs> well explained or were not evident at all in the graphic novel. So. Um, one thing I did like is that the group of Kirstian said attacks, like there are very clearly like female characters there. Yeah, it's yeah. not all just men. Yeah, well, that, that wasn't super obvious. Uh, and then we just cut to them getting to where they need to go, to Kesare, uh, which I, pr- I, that's how I want to pronounce it, so there. Yeah, and um, it actually looks pretty, it looks I will cool. point out yes. that on this I say Kazare, and cool. this is a reversal of Nail versus Nale. That's I'm a big true. Fan of Nale. But- I'm a big fan of Nale still. I think that's the way it should be said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but Brandon says nails, so that's how it goes. But Brandon doesn't say names right either. Like, Brandon, if anyone asks Brandon, how do you pronounce this? Half the time he goes, whatever you think is right is right. Well, that's true. That's, that, you're not wrong, but, I don't know, deserty vibes, like, Shahrazad, Kesare. I don't, I don't know. That's that's where I'm going with this. Okay, in this yeah. pronunciation, it seems yeah. to make. Either sense. way, Kesare looks really cool in the graphic novel. It and does, I but that. I am annoyed how Kenton is like. We're not even in the desert, and we just cut the entire desert part about out of it. But well, you know, because whatever. I don't think anything happens in the desert. Well, that, yeah, that was... but like, mm-hmm. he's all saying, "Oh, we're not even in the real desert. Like, it's gonna be some hard journey." But no, we're totally fine. Not no problem at all. Well, I'm not know, sure if they ever because like he's ever lived in the desert the his entire desert. life. Yeah, like, I guess. I guess he knows how to handle it. I guess. Yeah. So Kesare does look really cool, especially compared to the desert, which is not the most dynamic of landscapes. Oh, uh, I think it's it looked sand. best in the Mastrel's path. Like that looked really cool. I yeah, yeah, like that. Mm, that was uh, well designed. Yeah, it was at least visually interesting to look at. Yeah. Right. Right. Whereas, mm, like, yeah. With without that specific attention, yeah. Oh wow, it's desert, crazy. Yeah. Um, Kenton leaves Chris, uh, so they split up. Chris is gonna go uh, find the dark side section of the city, um, mm-hmm. and then we meet someone completely different from everything else that is happening. Uh, we meet uh, Ice. Ice. That's how I say it. Ice. Great. Which is kind cool. of funny because they're in the desert, but. I, I kind of want to put a long A there just because Brand loves that, but you know, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, well, to, ice. Yeah. Because Brendan does pronounce AI as like A. Like he says shy, shay. Yeah, he does. And it's like sky, skay. It could like, be ace. No. It could be ace. I don't know. Either way, I'm going to say like ice because that's how my head has it. But hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she. Had her gender switched from the pros to this, which yeah. was a good move. I really, I think it's cool. That. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, yeah. So, like, in the pros, there was a, like, pe- a lot of people were complaining about Ice becoming female because, like, they didn't think it made sense with the Kirstian, like, outlook on, like, females from the pros version. But I, d- I don't think that necessarily, like, I don't think that made the transition because we do see female warriors mm. earlier. Yeah. yeah. And, and is I mean, she like, Christian? I, is, that, is, that, is that what this is supposed yes, to be? Yes, she's Christian. Yeah, okay, she's Christian. Okay. That's the, her whole conflict is religious. No, uh, I, I realize that, but the, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but I thought it was a good idea, and I thought that, like, especially, like, Brand, with Brandon, like, his comments on Mistborn, like, looking back on it, how he's like, man, I really wish I could have gotten the crew to be a little more gender, like, gender even, yeah. like, tur- maybe turning Ham into a woman. So, I could, yeah. I, I like that he came back here and, like, was able to change a little bit of his earlier writing yeah because you know if you're just writing books you 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 learn and now now as, you'll be as one does yeah. as one does oh i'm gonna stand by my kesare pronunciation because ice is trying to find uh Sharazan, and uh i think those naming conventions fit so that's how i'm gonna say it <laughs> so there but uh yeah we really don't like see too much she's hunting that person and uh yeah mm-hmm. then we get a scene break so it's really just comes out of left field great cool um and it, it came out of left field in the pros yeah glad they spruce that up that's that's my worry that the graphic novel doesn't actually fix the actual problems of the novel actually mm-hmm. that's that's my worry with these so yeah i i, I agree and i also kind of think that brandon has approved a lot as a writer and they did take a lot of his dialogue directly from White Sand, but Brandon, especially early on, dialogue. dialogue was not his strongest suit. And so yeah. that, if anything, I was like, maybe this dialogue could use a, like, he's gotten much better, I up. think, at dialogue and characterization. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but like, I think they might have stolen the weakest element from the original <laughs> draft, perhaps. <laughs> the, the words. Yeah. Uh, uh, then Kenton gets to the DM, uh, which is where the Sandmaster's live and it's totally empty except for some accolades so they literally just took all the sandmasters to there great makes sense we don't need to defend uh that place sure um well i don't think they're it's not like people are of course like in their mind no one's going to attack it yeah they're on like i mean they are the high nobility like if you yeah that doesn't mean when you go on a retreat you just empty the entire place well they you left have the behind to like run it no they They're... didn't leave the act they took the act no, the... no they did you're right the no, those are just... ran away back there it doesn't they were make way, any sense they were way out they, they were there too because i didn't yeah. see him become a mastro i forgot yeah. about that yeah so like it it doesn't make sense you're that doesn't make any sense you it doesn't matter if they wouldn't be attacked you don't have your entire citadel and just say you know what we don't need any guards just you, screw it. Anyone can walk up. Doesn't the matter. The point is that the Sandmasters are so arrogant that they would think that. Yeah, and the other thing... Which is stupid. <laughs> that I can't remember... It that is. I, that I can't it's... remember if this comes across in the graphic novel or not, but a Sandmaster in the prose can literally commandeer anything he wants from any person at any time and oh. wait indefinitely to pay them back. And so oh, I'm sure they're not that. really that's concerned right. about possessions so much when oh, you can walk true. into any clothing and, store and be like, make me a whole new white and, robe. And granted, you know? the DM, like, you need to get sand mastery to get to the upper levels. 
where the nice stuff yeah. is. No one sure. cares about the accolades. I just think it's weird that you would... It doesn't make any sense. I, I'm sorry. That is still stupid, Sandmasters. And Praxton, you gotta... They are stupid. They're, like, that's part the of the... Like, like, I, I think that yeah. is like... Le- you're justified, but that's just how they are. Yeah. This is a crappy operation, and you don't just leave your base with nothing there. That's the Sandmasters have made a lot of mistakes over the past few centuries. That's so dumb. But they, like, do this every year. I know, but I don't uh, think anything... I I really think you might be underestimating just how bulletproof the Sandmasters are in Los Angeles society. Like, you... Like, they have... It it hasn't been made clear in the graphic novel yet. No. Yes. It, it is much more clear in the prose version. Mm, great. Though I think most of that comes after the, this point. Yeah. yeah but it like, is. it makes sense yeah. that they yeah. would think like, this way. Just a little. This way. Maybe spoiler, maybe not. As a for instance, at one point there is an accident at a construction site where people are trapped and dying, and Kenton shows up to try to help with his sand mastery, and the construction workers are worried he will hurt them and apologize for the noise of people dying disturbing his peace like that is the level to which they are held <laughs> okay, and he's like no right, i'm yeah. trying to save this guy's life let me in here to help him and they don't even they didn't even think that they would be there to help them so they, i mean you're, they say master suck yeah we don't really get that world building i mean i imagine that scene will come well, later right we do mm-hmm. i'm assuming um, let's table this for yeah. a little while in. yeah right um there is an interesting comment where kenton mentions that no one knows where the DM building comes from. That's and true. And that it's a, a white um, sandstone that does not erode from mm, wind. That's true. That's true. So where did it come from? Okay. Did autonomy just make it? Uh-huh. I guess. Maybe. But, so, like, distant past thing. So this will not be on Arcanum. This will not be anything. But way, way back in the day, and I could never find Chase down the original source, when discussion of the white sand prose was confined to an enormous pm thread of everyone who had read it <laughs> right someone oh, that. someone referenced someone asking brandon about the dm like indirectly and brandon if i recall correctly had implied there was a similar re- connection to elantris and it being an ancient oh, okay, city yeah that okay, no that one really knows sense. the origin of okay citation needed someone should ask Brandon about that again because it'd be yeah. cool to have that on record but yeah. i Really if I recall correctly, that was what was being discussed four even, or five years yeah. ago. Even if we found that source, like it's yeah. super paraphrased. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that does make sense to me. Yeah. It's a, like a direct, direct shardic construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, why they, why Tommy would have originally built it when apparently she's not a huge fan of the Sandmasters, like maybe it wasn't for them, but. Well, I don't know how. Yeah. If we're assuming that uh, the Sand Lord, mm-hmm. whatever this, maybe directly autonomy or an avatar of autonomy, it, mm-hmm. we don't know really. Uh, it's not clear what that relationship is between the Sandmasters and mm. uh, the Kirstians. If how much they're making up, like we have no idea. Right. Mm. Interesting to think about, though. I think. I think that's really cool to think about. Um. What else interesting happens? Uh, now Kenton gets his sand mastery back. Hooray. That was Yay. a really long time of worrying. I know. It was really a necessary plot point in this. And uh, then we go to the meeting because uh, up to this point, we haven't really gotten it, but this book is about politics. 
a lot of politics, and it's getting right now. Because that's what you wanted in your book about Sandmasters, is politics. And right. it's the point of the book, so that's yeah. what the book's about. Yeah. But we I didn't start the with the politics, but we didn't start, no, this is like a way through the book already. Like, if mm-hmm. your book's about political intrigue, then in Elantris, you have serene and it's immediately political intrigue like ah that's what this plot line's gonna be about rather than but, I, I i don't know i i i just don't have an issue with this and the way that eric mm. has an issue with this. well my my issue is that uh and when hopefully it'll be better in the graphic novel but uh there's I'm a sure. lot of politicking and it goes on a really long time mm. and it's a lot uh yeah. and not a lot happens honestly it is mostly irrelevant. Uh, I I enjoyed too. reading it in the graphic novel, but if you did not like Elantris and Elantris's politicking, oh it yeah, it will this, probably it, be a challenge you, for you to enjoy this. You will not so, like White yeah. Sand Pros. He's like you you just won't. It's yeah, it's not. But Kenton basically manages to stop uh, the meeting, uh, and oh the the other members of the Taisha, the ruling council, want to dissolve the Sandmasters, which is you know. Given what we just talked about with the Sandmasters, makes sense because they're they're total uh, asshats, basically. Mm. Yeah, this is basically like their opportunity in their minds. This is their opportunity to get rid of a consistent problem. Sure. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. Uh oh, we get more of Ice, and uh, she's talking to someone named Torkel, and. <laughs> Wow, it's really great. Is it, uh, Torkel, huh? We get a whole page of her. And it's really exciting. Uh, she thinks that Sharazan is Nilto. Great. I know all about those people. Thus far, Ice has had like less than 10 pages so far. I so they probably should have introduced really... her a little earlier to like build a rapport with her. Yeah. I think she, actually she should have. Or later. One yeah, of the I two. think yeah, like have start her viewpoints in like part two. Yeah, because you obviously get a, a nice breakpoint with graphic novels. Like, yeah. you could just start volume two with a new character and like, okay, we have a new character. Wow, cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of structural stuff I would have done differently. Uh-huh. It just seems weird when you have limited page count to just introduce a character when you could just yeah. do it in the next one when especially when the next one's gonna have a lot of politicking and ice is all about that so we could just put that there and that would make sense right yeah and i i think the other reason that it stands out kind of oddly is because with the loss of chris's early chapters it's not really clear that kenton is not the main focus of this until later when he and chris separate because they're just from the second they introduce chris they're together until they leave and so yeah, we get right. ice and we're like Wait, who is? If we've been, we can't see Chris's POVs anymore, so we don't know as well that there's actually three big characters. Yeah, in this. that there's a big scope to this. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. until they separate and it becomes more obvious. So that's why I think it comes across like more jarring than oh, totally. Otherwise. Yeah, because if if we like saw Chris coming in and interspersed with Kenton and stuff, then mm-hmm. yeah, then it would feel less jarring, but still comes from nowhere. Um. Wow, John Akron and Cinder have a very exciting conversation about li- linguistics. Very fun uh, character development. I, I like that of. conversation. It, it, I, I mean, too. that's the one memorable conversation they have, and it is memorable. Uh, they, they're they're, they're kind of fun. specifically like talking about um, Lonsair, the mm. Dark Sider yes. district of um, Kazair. 
Is that when they get flipped, or is that a different point? I think that might be the point where is they get the, flipped. Their, their one conversation, their identities are switched. That's funny. Well, I can't see them apart anyway, so great. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, we haven't really seen them much. And then uh, Chris goes to see some uh, dude uh, named uh, Loten, I think, uh, yeah. and who recognizes Chris being the missing Elysian Duchess. And it turns out... Uh, you kind of get in these two scenes. We're uh, getting Kenton arguing with the council, and eventually Kenton persuades them that uh, due to legal specifics, which Kenton is good about, which they did describe because Kenton uh, used the law to get under his dad's skin a lot. So that made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he knew the law, but uh, since Kenton is yeah. the last mastral, uh he needed to be notified, and he wasn't notified. And yeah, basically, like they voted to dissolve the, the dissolve the profession of the Sandmasters, and he was panicking, like, okay, like how do I stop this? And it's like he realized, like, when all of the other Masters died, he became acting leader of yep. the profession, and he needed to be notified two weeks before mm-hmm. for it to actually be binding. And Procedural what? technicalities. Oh, whatever just what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, I, it's fine. I enjoy it's that fine. sort of thing. It's I know, fine. I do too. I think it's. it's I think it, if if you do not enjoy that very specific type of thing, it is. I'm virtually certain a very unfun experience. <laughs> I, I like political intrigue. I just think it's it's fine in volume one. I'm worried about it later. Um. Uh-huh. Yeah. So K- Kenton's plot line is gonna be how oh, you have to convince all the profession leaders that the Sandmasters shouldn't be abolished. Fun. Uh, Meanwhile, Chris is talking with uh, Loten. Loten. Yeah. Loten. Loten. Not not Lopen? No, not Loten. No. Not not Lopen. Loten. Uh, Oh, Chris has uh, a betrothed who died. Uh, Uh, Gevalar? No. No. (laughs) Gevaldin. Yep. Yeah, and basically um, he came to Dayside looking for the Sand Mages. Yes, great plan. Um, well, and like it's it's a totally reasonable plan. Like they have no idea there's a problem with it. True, true. Yeah, you're you're right. Like you're it's right. a total totally reasonable plan. You're you're correct. Yeah, as oh, much then, as chasing after a magician, like you know, a magical story can be a reasonable plan. Yeah, but, yeah. it's their only hope. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they're pulling at straws, but it's the only straw they have. Yeah, which, which again, and this is one of my least favorite things about White Sand, and another reason it feels like a launchers to me, big, enormous, brooding empire with a magical, immortal deity focusing in on the last free country. It feels a little too similar in setting on Dark Side to me. Yeah. And maybe we'll see. Maybe it's more different than that, or like it'll be more interesting, but it feels a lot like a launchers. Yeah. That's true, because Elise is the... Is the last yeah. free nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, yeah. speaking of Dark Side, there's a comment on the way to meeting Lotan. Like they, they're going through this um, passageway, and there's a lot of Dark Side flowers on the wall. And if you, like they're actually, um, it looks like they're bioluminescent. Oh, are they really? Which, I hadn't noticed that. Oh, and the Dark Side city. Oh, yeah. Uh, and look. I'm. Oh yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Yeah. There's this passageway, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dark side has like some really nifty like bioluminescence and James um, Cameron avatar. Pretty much, yeah. Like mm-hmm. 
that's the aesthetic over there. And to the point where like Darksiders, their hair, their uh, fingernails, and the whites of their eyes fluoresce. Mm-hmm. That's one of those so, things that I just glossed over in the art. That's but not like, in the book. It's not it. That's from Brandon himself. That's from Brandon. No, that's I, I meant no. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, the, let me be clear. Like, the glowing yeah. flowers when they're walking uh-huh. down. That yeah. that part. That uh, if it was in text, I probably would have noticed it better. Whereas it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And here. somebody mentions that, like, oh, these are dark side flowers. Like, there must have been somebody must have specifically like ordered them and had them delivered Mm -hmm. so like there's a lot of trade between the continents that the darksiders don't know about Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i think plus one for the graphic novel for having a cool little thing that i didn't notice that they probably could have done you know just a small detail yeah better better than us being confused about a radio like i definitely prefer uh details like this yeah strongly uh Chris meets Nilto at her meeting with Loten, who's apparently the Lord Beggar, who's also a Taisha. Not really. It's kind of. Not, yeah, it's not, real it's Taisha. not made clear in the graphic novel, but he calls himself a Taisha. But, but he's not. A it's Taisha. not like the other Taishas actually that who are at the meeting because he's not. Yeah. Um, Bayon wants to shoot Loten. Very exciting. Uh, because well, I because he's a think traitor. It's been, they they mentioned yeah. that he was a traitor. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, he's a traitor. Then uh, after the meeting, Kenton's back at the DM. Dryles being a jerk. Uh, and uh, before that, actually, oh, yeah. huh? um, one of Kenton's preliminary arguments against the dis- dissolution of the DM is that like, what is Sandmaster just going to be outlawed? You're going to hunt down and kill Sandmaster? Oh yeah, no, there is there is an important mm-hmm. line here. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right, and, you're right. and it. Um, the lady judge, I believe, points out that Sandmastery doesn't just happen, it has to be taught. Yes. Let's let's mm-hmm. look at this exact line here. Sandmastery must be taught. It is not spontaneous. It takes weeks to even d- decide if a person has the ability or not. Which, I mean, I'm going to point out that I don't love this because I don't know why they're doing that ceremony to see, like, if they've got sand mastery or not because i think that's to after weeks yeah i think that's after of, like preliminary any training. idea of like relative ability because it seems sort of like you know praxians wait to see if kenton's this big powerful sand master and like there must that, be a if, genetic... I, if i recall there were a few that nothing really happened with and so yeah. maybe i don't know it felt weird to me where i was like i thought they just did that ceremony to see if they could do it like i'm sure there's some prep work going into that like i'm sure yeah, i think that's what they're talking about here but, like yeah a long time ago, I I always thought like sand mastery, like it, it because it needs to be trained and you need to like work at it. That's kind of how uh, I I thought like the shard would be something like determination. Mm. Uh, I think yeah. if you remember, yeah, no, uh, I do. I thought that was a good idea. But like autonomy makes sense with that too. That you you have to really uh work at it. Uh, that that other people can't show you that. This this kind of like ah, I need. I need to. You can't just be given power. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, right. You you have to really work at it and uh, want it and uh, yeah. taught it. I I don't know. That what, makes sense in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of interesting though, because like then that means this doesn't really. It's not like you know Alamancy where you know it was weekly in the blood of the people even way back when in Scadrial, and like I assume they figured out from trace metals. Like there's who taught the first Sandmaster? Who discovered? Like how, well, the origin is totally. I'm curious yeah. what that's going to end up being. That's true. Um. 
clearly there must be a there's a genetic component still because not anyone oh, yeah. can be a sandmaster mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. it, it is interesting that it, it's not a snapping type event right yeah with a uh, sand mastery and it's a very slow process well, to see if you have that ability and you you can train it really what if that this ties into overmastery where uh-huh it's like you basically like start with next to no bad like you have to work at it like so it's like you overmaster a whole bunch and then you get like a bare amount of ability so it's just like mm. so minuscule that like, like kind of like takes... exercising a little bit like just working yeah. up the strength i mean huh. yeah that because i think there has to be a snapping equivalent because this it is does an seem... positive magic yeah it does seem like there needs to be something like that didn't the elantris essay like obliquely reference taldane as one of the no or was i it don't not believe so it didn't say it specifically, but I was not a hundred percent sure. I know it meant I know it referenced like it's like not even Vax and some other world's method of initiation seems to apply here, but maybe it wasn't Teldane. I had to grab my uh, my uh, Arcanum abounded. It would have so. been in Elantris, I think. It's in the Elantris Arts Arcanum. Talking about mm-hmm. initiation, yeah. It does it does the our, We'll we'll talk about uh what. Chris says on the Taldane system later, but it doesn't actually talk about the initiation on Sand Mastery at all. It doesn't talk about that. Well, I was talking about I'm talking about the end of Elantris, but oh, yeah, well, the Elantris Arzarkinum. Well, I was I was talking about something else. Oh, uh, okay. yes, you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's why I said you might want to get Elantris when you were up. Oh no. Yep, here it is. Uh, not even even Teldane and Vax's methods do not seem to apply here. Here referencing. Oh, Ryan's okay. Right. So, yeah. Okay, then maybe it's something there, else. There is right. some method of initiation that we know nothing about. That Chris apparently is an expert in, which makes sense because she's from Teldane. Uh, I mean, there's probably details in the ceremony that we just didn't see, right? Possibly, yeah. yeah right, like that. That would be the logical place. That I don't know. Anyway, uh, Kenton and Dryl are arguing. Uh, it's very exciting. Um. It actually does look pretty cool. This, like, this is what, like, I wish the first battle was like, because, like, it is dynamic. There's sand mastery. Mm-hmm. Dryle was the one where I kept, like, not remembering what he looked like. That was the big. That's true. That uh, was the big one for me where I was like, is that Dryle or is that somebody else? Until this scene where, uh, after the meeting scene where Kenton comes back to the DM, I could not place to you what Dryle is. Dryle is very distinctive after that point. But, like, I couldn't remember that. But, uh, yeah. So, Dryle and uh, Kenton fight. Uh, Kenton gets Dryle to take off the sash because Dryle was a Mastral but was demoted. And then everyone died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he was trying to, like, oh, yeah, I, I'm still in charge. I'm still a Mastral. Like, look up to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then we see Chris. She's trying to meet with the Taisha. Uh, and this is one of my favorite scenes that's, I think, really effective in the graphic novel. Because mm-hmm. we just get panel of the Taisha ignoring Chris, and then we just get another panel. And we just get seven panels, and we don't have to read a <laughs> lot of scenes of her being ignored. We we just get to see, oh, I, I got turned no away again due to various reasons. Like, oh, the Lord Admiral's on inspection duties and unavailable without a booking. Then we shall book. Um, 
his booking officer is also on inspection duty. So just getting totally shafted the whole way. And I will say if, if the politicking goes well later, if you could really cut out a lot of uh, unnecessary crap uh, like oh, this, yeah. because this is, yeah, was I, a really effective way of doing it. Yeah, I think this shows the strength of the medium over yeah. prose. Yeah, this was, yeah, I forget how the prose version does it, but. I don't know, it was yeah, really long. Yeah. And one other thing, like in that sequence of panels, um, one of the locks from I think it was John Akron's um suitcase, like uh-huh. got broken. So you just see her like fiddling with the lock in each yeah, um, yeah, panel. That's true. Like, yeah, that's she really fixes cute. it. Yeah. And I that's one of really like the only scenes where we see Chris's scientific bit bent. In general competence Where, as a person. Um, yeah. She, I mean, she definitely displays her knowledge. I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. It it, it kind of comes across in her dialogue, but certainly not as well in the prose. Mm. And, uh, and there'll be more scenes because there's a scene with her like on a microscope later in the prose, which I'm hoping that will make it into the second volume, like where she's doing a little more science-y stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. We, it, honestly, it's just like so far, this is really the first glimpse we get right for that part of her personality mm. right like we didn't get a lot of screen time with chris really mm-hmm. compared no. with kenton um we see ice again uh with uh the lady judge and oh, she's cool the lady yeah, judge is I, cool. I like the lady judge oh yeah no she's great uh and, and basically oh. what yeah. the lady Lady Judge, like, considers herself, she, she can't be impartial in this situation, so she's basically give, turning over her vote to ICE. Mm-hmm. To, like, actually, no, let me rephrase that. Yeah. She's relying on ICE to give her a read on Kenton, because yep. she she knows him as, like, the upstart kid rebelling against his father. Yep. And she knows she can trust Ice because Ice hates um, Sandmasters, but her impartiality when it comes to the law is well known. Yeah. So she knows that if Ice tells her this guy is on the up and up, she can trust that. Yep. Yep. Um... Oh, also, the lady judge was kind of a jerk to Kenton during the meeting, but she actually talked with Kenton after and was just like, "Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be impartial and, yeah. uh, and I, I wish you luck," kind of thing. It wasn't trying to be a horrible person. There was oh, <laughs> this is completely, uh, way after it actually happened, but way before before they get to uh, Kesare. There was one part where Kenton was just a total jerk and said, like, said something really mean to Chris. He uh, and Chris are pretty mean to each other in, in the pros as well. Like, they are, their their really relationship is came, not a... It really came out field. of nowhere in the graphic novel. And he regrets it immediately in the next page. Uh, I think it was right before they... Uh, maybe it was right at, before the Kirstians attacked. I, I believe so. I think yeah. so, but I can't. But I can't I, it was it was just like, man, Kenton, that was not cool. So yeah, because yeah. I think if I recall correctly from the pros, like at some point he does like a little bit of like introspection, 
or maybe someone says it to him and he's like you're just so used to having to defying authority that you just do it instinctively now like you are just we get that in the graphic novel too which like cool cool which totally made sense all of kenton's internal monologue i actually think is totally on point it's it's the other world building that i think is Mm. maybe not on point on this you know yeah like kenton as a character like you really get into his brain and stuff uh oh we meet uh herrick arik i don't know eric Uh, eric i I like that they re-spelled his name. I was not a fan of it just being a regular old Yeah, Eric wasn't it spelled E-R-I. like my name? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and everyone else's name, Chrisella, Duchess of Elise, and Kenton. Yeah. And then yeah. there's Eric. And I was like, where is he from? Uh, <laughs> this is not a cameo of me, let me tell you. It, it is definitely not. Um, uh, Eric's pretty cool, I guess. Uh, he was going to be a merchant and went to Darkseid, but he returned because reasons. Um, but he's yeah, fun, I guess. It's mentioned that like his father is one of the Taisha. Yeah, yeah. right, right. The, the Lord like, Merchant, I think. No, or, his no, father the Lord, is the Lord, he's the Lord the Soldier. Army. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, That's you're why right. he's good with fighting. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. But he didn't want to like follow in his father's footsteps, oh, okay, so he yeah. ran away. Right. His dad actually is kind of a jerk too. There's not a lot of good fathers in this. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Except for well, I guess Ice was, but now now she's a good mother. <laughs> oh, that's that's bad. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming yeah. Ice's husband is a good father. I suppose. I'm, oh, I'm, from I'm, what yeah. we see of him, he seems good. So yeah, we actually do we see got, a good father one. on screen. In fact, that's the very next scene, David, where we meet. You're that, welcome. Uh, Ice is uh uh. Has a daughter named uh, Melanie, I guess. Um, and uh, it, it's pretty cute, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we see in Melanie's bedroom that there's just a regular lampshade, as if you're just in modern day. So not really sure what this Lysandon technological level is supposed to be, but okay, cool. Yeah, do they have a? They don't have electricity. No, they can't no. possibly. Like, no. Why would you need okay. a lampshade when you don't have a I don't. Why would you get a candle? Like, and it's just, it's far away from the candle, so it doesn't catch on fire, because that'd be bad. But Possibly, but it looks incredibly incongruous. It's page 143, if you're on the uh, ebook. Lo- yeah, let me. Happens. Uh, but. Oh, there um, are page numbers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the ebook, not the physical the version. Ah, uh, gotcha. Uh, and and Isis' husband is worried that the underground's gonna kill the family too, so that, that's reasonable. Uh, and then we got uh, one last scene where uh, basically Chris wants up. to meet the final profession head because she's five seven and they haven't worked out. And, and it's Kenton. Yeah, which is pretty fun. I like that. It's yeah. a pretty good way to end because it ends with Kenton. Uh, Floating with sand mastery and being pretty neat, cool looking. Yeah. Uh, at and it, at, at one point he's like, "Well, you never actually asked if I was a sand master." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Which I found hilarious. That is true. And that's volume one. And that's volume yes. one. So uh, we have some general things to yeah. discuss. Yeah. What, what do you guys want to talk about? What What do you? So feels? there's we we alluded to this earlier on, but there are random faces in the clouds and the rocks in the background sometimes like made of clouds and made of rock which brandon has said that they that did come from brandon that's not just oh, the artist really? doing things really? mm-hmm. yeah. but he okay. wishes it 
wasn't quite as obvious as it is. Really? I'm really dumb because I can't find them. There, if if you read it a second time, like they really start okay. popping out of the out of okay. places. But okay. uh, I'm just and there such is a thread on the forums where people have taken screenshots of yeah. each face. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. I'm just such a so, not a visual person. It's so hard for me to pay attention. Yeah, yeah this uh, is probably autonomy watching stuff. I would think something. Uh, I I'm very curious with autonomy. Uh, how if there's a lot of avatars here or not? I it's really yeah. not clear. The, it was it was never really clear. Um, yeah, yeah. That's something that hasn't been clear. Like when Brandon says there are people who worship pantheons where every member is autonomy. Yeah. I'm like, do they have? Are there seven aspects, or is there one aspect that still avatar. does avatar. putting on faces? We're not using the word aspect. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna say no, 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 no. no, no. I still think aspect is a way better word. But that's not the word that's in the letter. Yeah, I I don't care. Like, well, that's what we're canonizing it to. I'm not gonna use avatar. I think it's gonna. Everyone knows what we're talking about, though. We can't. We will write the wiki article with the term avatar. Yes, we will. But but colloquially, I'm going to call them aspects because that okay. Way to confuse people. You you also like capitalizing the word intent, so you know. I don't see an issue with that. (laughs) It's a big Mm. problem. It's a big problem. Anyway, um, yeah. So that that's ultimately, I'm going to try and get Brennan to not call them avatars (laughs) because they're not avatars. There's the real plan behind the real plan. But we already have Aspect and Legion, so, you know? Yeah. Yes, but this has more to do with the Aspects from Legion than what Avatars are. So. Maybe Stephen Leeds is Providence. (laughs) I wouldn't go quite that far, but okay. Yep. Nailed it. That's what Legion 3 is going to be. It's just... It's actually calling from a different POV. Yeah, it'll be... We'll all see. Moving on. I agreed. Hoyd supposedly does appear in volume one. Great. I think Brandon is wrong. I have not. I didn't. This is anyone see him? Peter has said this actually. What? And there is a character that is in the background of some crowd scenes. Once they get to (laughs) Kazair that it's this guy in a hood with like a stringed instrument that keeps popping up. That okay. people think, Does he have okay, an arrow-like face? We don't see his face. He oh, has yeah. a hood up. Oh, you're going to say like an arrowhead tattoo, and I was like, he's not the Avatar arrow. No, but... no, no. Hoyt <laughs> is always described with a very angry With the arrow-shaped face, face yeah. Yes. His hair color is variable. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that was one thing, because like Brandon has mentioned before that like Hoyt's role is going to be beefed up in this from the prose version. Oh. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, be- he has said because that. In the prose version, Brandon claims that Hoyt had a small role being referenced as one of Ice's past cases or something. And I have read the entire thing looking for that specific reference and have been unable to find. I was already going to read it, but I was like, let's keep an eye out this time and let's find where Hoyt is. And I don't know what, like, I don't know what his role was. So it's going to be pretty different now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll because be. people, the Cosmere's way yeah more important to people than brandon thought it was going to be brandon so really like, wanted to keep it on the down low for a long time and we just were like we're really interested tell us all the things so this is bayon he's a world hopper yep chris is a world that. hopper yep 
ISIS that's female a, now. Yeah, it's a big like world hopper introduction, like right there when Chris and Bayon both walk into the room. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. Yeah, it is cool. I so what so go, going through that, so we we kind of talked about our critique, but do you have do you have any other critique? Like we, we were saying, the world building didn't really come through, and I I think I'm definitely down with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say if anything else that like really really bothered me, and we kind of touched on it too, is the loss of Chris's early chapters slash just like not as much what's going on in her head because I really enjoyed her perspective and like you know of her being kind of silency like she's got like an anthropology angle to it too, which is something Shalon does not have. So it was like you know she's analyzing this culture as a person who's like looking at it for the first time, which was cool. For the reader, because they're also experiencing it for the first time, it was a nice way to like introduce it, and it just doesn't. It and I get that you it could have been contracted or anything like that, but I feel like we lost a lot of who Chris's personality has not come across very strongly at this stage, which bums me out because she sure. is so instrumental. One of my biggest issues with Volume One. It has been the wait for volume two. Yeah. Because I think if we had all three volumes, it would be much stronger. Uh huh. But we don't. Yeah. Because this is one volume of one part of a trilogy of books. And it's like, yeah, that we don't mm-hmm. really have a lot. Because, like, I remember a lot of people complaining that not all, that much happens. Yeah. And right. Remember, Brennan's books are very end heavy. Yeah. Like, a lot yeah. of stuff happens at the end. This is all build up and not really a lot of resolution. This is why Brendan doesn't like splitting the Stormlight books. <laughs> because it's... Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine just spl- splitting a book and what? It's taken so long to get the next one. It won't be off. like it won't be yeah. Shadows to Bands uh time break. Yeah. yeah. Those books are so Oh, that was and so great. So I I f- So I I'm not really a big fan of where it ended. I think it would have been better yeah. to end with the ultimatum from the Taisha Council is like, this is what you have to do, and just end it there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where Chris's arc would have quite ended. Yeah, because you, you kind of need a little more. Then it, it would have felt yeah. weirder in other aspects, mm-hmm. but there's not like yeah. a perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. That was my and initial belief where they were going to break it, Ian, when I was wondering before it came out. So Yeah, and I would have held off on to introduce ice until the start of volume two yeah have have chris find out that kenton is the eighth taisha yeah at at the beginning of that and have that arc go i guess the whole logic with ice being introduced is to uh get it so the lady judge can say hey tail Tail Kenton, and so in volume two, we're immediately going to get that. But it just her stuff is just whoa. Mm-hmm. This is not related to anything else we're doing. Mm-hmm. The only nice thing about Chris seeing Kenton, uh, you know, and like realizing he's the eighth Taisha is that it is a resolution to Kenton misleading her or like not knowing. Like like that yeah. plot line is over, and you know, okay, now at least they're on the same page. Yeah, but, that's that's nice. Yeah. Uh, and what of what of my hopes for volume two? is we actually get a flashback to Chris's journey from Darkseid. I would be so stoked. I would stop complaining pretty quickly. I yeah. would be stoked with any flashbacks to anything on Darkseid. Anything. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take anything. I don't know how much we would need to see, 
of that because we kind of got a kind of flashback where Chris was seeing that Kirsty and Priest uh, where where they docked, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we kind of got that. Uh, so I'm not sure how much plot relevant stuff there is, but I'm totally with you that if we don't see more of Chris and that sciencey mindset, I will be upset. I'm not upset right now because it kind of comes through uh, and she's cool enough. Yeah. But uh, and, we and I, I do see. have trouble like really saying, oh, this was bad without seeing volume two and three. Because I, I don't think we're going to be able to assess whether this was a successful adaptation or an unsuccessful adaptation until we see the entire thing. I guess, but I, I really do think if an installment does not stand strongly on its own, then it, it's a little silly. Like, I think that yes. it, need, it needs yeah. to be good on its own for people to want to buy it. Absolutely. I, I can't say if I had no experience with Brandon stuff, if this was the only thing that I read... I don't know if I'd be like, man, I'm really waiting for volume two. Like, I would not be. I, no. Like, maybe, I, I, but it would kind of more be like, oh, volume two's out. I guess I'll get that sometime. That would be I, the I extent of is, my hype. Yeah, I think this really suffers from the fact that it was originally written as a prose novel. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really hampers it. If this had been written for to be a graphic novel, it would have been plotted differently. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, people expect a bound collection to have a satisfying arc. Mm-hmm. That is something I've noticed that reading trade paperbacks yeah. of comics that when it, there is not a cohesive arc in the trade paperback, it's n- not great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, I mean, yeah, this is like on Goodreads, which has a pretty strong like pro Brandon Sanderson bias. If you like look at the relative <laughs> yeah, reviews, it's it's true. <laughs> They, yeah, they like yeah. there <laughs> is this is the lowest rated thing with Brandon's name attached to it that he had any level of involvement in because they did have the Mistborn adventure game like non-canon written by someone else thing attached to him for a while oh, he didn't he, do that he, yeah yeah that, that person is not attached to Brandon that's yeah, for sure yeah and it's a it's like a 3.6 which isn't like a very strong rating for a place that already has a strong Brandon Sanderson bias like right. it is not very well received I personally believe I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I I think now the assessment has gone more positive, but initially, like there were a lot of people that had issues with it. Some reasonable, some not. Like there were people complaining about the size of the book, and it's like that's <laughs> industry art's standard. Kind of like, expensive. Don't complain. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you, or the price for how much they got, and that's also industry standard. Like oh, comics yeah. are expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm just thinking, uh, some, some, some people were like, <laughs> "Man, I don't want to spend this much for an Oathbringer ebook." I'm like, "Do you, you get a lot of an entertainment per dollar compared with a no. movie? Yeah, a lot." So. I don't know. It's not that unreasonable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're not used to those standards, then yeah. But art's expensive. Art's, yes, it uh, is. Uh, that, that's the thing, guys. Uh, when you when you have Brandon writing a thing, maps are expensive. But still, there's not really that much art. Most of the, the work is made by one person. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, now certainly like with a Stormlight book, it's a big endeavor with editing and all the art going in there. But art is not cheap. Art is very much not cheap if you want it to be good. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, good, yeah, good art is very not cheap. Especially when, like, you're making an entire thing, whereas in Stormlight, all right, we're going to have these ten things, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you can have multiple artists working on different things, because it's not like there's one cohesive arc that right. needs to be portrayed. Right. So, uh, I, I mean, that, it's just how graphic novels go. Uh, I would be really bummed if we had another... Uh, like two year year and a half two year break from volume three yeah it that would suck i have not heard anything about volume three no release date projections on any level no yeah it it, honestly the the hype for white sand pretty low uh of course Mm -hmm. happy to have you guys listening uh about it Mm -hmm. but uh, it's like solidly all right, but I, if if you're not into the Cosmere, yeah. I I wouldn't recommend yeah. it. To Are anyone. people aware? Because like I kind of wasn't that it was coming out this month because I just kept hearing that the date was being moved, and well, like that, I know some that, of that was Amazon. That's you the know, problem. Date. That's yeah. the problem with rolling dates like this. Your hype just lowers and lowers. Whereas like a big book, if it's it's coming out this day, you mm. get maybe one delay before people really start losing the hype. I think. Yeah. Maybe one, but and, that, and that's probably not Dynamite's fault. No, I know I, well, I mean, it, it was Amazon's fault, but it yeah. did not. It did not help people being ready no. for this volume. Well, it could also be that Dynamite didn't have a date to give Amazon, and so Amazon just guessed. And yeah, that if, that's what happened. Amazon it, guessed at a date, so which which might indicate that maybe Dynamite should have told them something. I don't know, but uh, but they it, didn't know what right when it was sure. going to be ready. Like sure. I'm, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, it makes sense. Um, would you rather read this as a novel than a graphic yes. novel? Yeah, I mean, just, I just wanted to throw I, that out. Okay, there. let me rephrase that. Yes. Would I have rather read this as a pro, um, as a prose novel? Yes. Now that is a graphic, that it, it is a graphic novel, I want it to succeed. Okay. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, me too. Uh, I, yeah, uh, the the prose version had uh, some issues. I would say Brandon would admit they have some issues. Mm. Oh yeah, Brandon's um, not shy about the issues his earlier work suffer from. He's pretty yeah, open about like, that stuff. Yeah, so if you get the unpublished stuff, realize you're getting a Lantris quality stuff here, worse than a Lantris. I think yeah, it's minus justified. the polish. Yeah, uh, it. I think it's justified that Elantris was the one that got published personally out mm. of oh, white, uh, white sand, dragon steel, and uh, Elantris. Elantris. Yeah. Elantris is the best of them, I think. Yeah. Or at least having only red white sand, I think Elantris is better. Yeah, uh, so. you can just tell even from the dragon steel sample chapters. That That's true, actually. Yeah, that was, thing. There's some, that is not amazing. That, that bridge four sequence is rough. But that was the best part. That was the best. That part. is so sad. It's, it really is. Um,. But, you know, growing as a writer, obviously Oathbringer oh, yeah. so much better written, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my concern has always been with the graphic novels. How much involvement has Brandon have in fixing the issues that White Sand had? Because there were issues. And really, I mean, we, we had Ice change gender. Uh, mm-hmm. 
which I do think that was Brandon. I'm pretty sure that was. Yeah, I I, I think yeah. so too. He uh, was involved in writing the scripts. Okay. For so he was involved, but okay. he he turned it over like most of the day to day oversight to Isaac and Peter. Mm, I believe. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Uh, he's got stuff yeah. to do. But I, I he's got I a know. few books coming out in a couple of years. I personally always thought the beginning of White Sand prose was the best part of that book. And I, when I'm reading this, and I'm like, yeah, that was all right, but not like amazing. I, I'm I'm very worried for the next two volumes in that sense yeah. because, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I enjoyed the rest of the book. I I'm... Like, I liked the politicking. I liked how it was all set up because it's a it's a classic trope it, it, this goes back to the trials the labor the 12 labors of hercules like there there here are these seven people you have to sway mm. yeah you're okay. go at it all right uh-huh that's, fun. that's it is it was a very classic storyline I, I do kind of think that this might have been the wrong one of Brandon's books to maybe adopt to a graphic novel. Absolutely. Because I 100% agree. Like, Mistborn, and I know you made that comment on Reddit about potentially turning Birthright into a graphic novel, Ian, which was a great idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, oh, yeah, uh, that'd be good. That'd be so cool. That'd but, be um, great. That, um, that politicking is not terribly interesting to watch in a visual format. <laughs> you can do a lot more with description, yeah. with, like, facial cues and, like, really detailed stuff. In the the flowers form. on the walls, like, hey, yeah, you so, don't, you don't even need to say anything, right? Yeah. So why is there, what, like, this was the wrong medium. This is the wrong story for this medium, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but going back to my comments at the very beginning, where I talked about the Dresden Files comics, uh-huh. which I really enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, you can back, totally see that working well. Yeah, back when I first was reading those, and then White said, I was like, okay, why did I enjoy the Dresden Files comics way more than this? And I think it was because with the Dresden Files comics, I already knew the character and the world yeah. from reading mm-hmm. the novels. So it, they had less work to do. They could just tell a fun story. And it's like, right. this is why comics are so successful. We know who Batman is. You don't have to explain yeah. who Batman is <laughs> to have a good Batman In every Batman comic. story, that would get, probably get a little old. terrible. <laughs> that would be terrible. So I, I think it would have been better to have a spin-off story. Like I, I would love to see Bax and Wayne and Leslie's adventures in the roughs. Oh, I would yeah. love to see uh, yeah. Kelsier and Mayor being thieves in the final empire. Like Yeah. It, it, I would Yeah. Mistborn would really work really well in the yeah. In that medium, well, it would be kind of hard for emotional allomancy, but they could uh, do a small visual effect, though. You know, what I mean, like the blue lines, they could make a small change, and I think indicate sure. that. But like, yeah. I-, I know a lot of people have said, "Oh, Stormlight would be a great anime," and it's, yeah, yeah, it really would. Like it, it would work really well in that kind of format. But I don't know yeah. if uh, me reading White Sand Prose. You know what this needs to be? Graphic novel. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah, so I, it's yeah. such a weird world that you need the, not info dumps, but the info dumps in the yeah. prose to give you 
some context, context for everything. To, yeah, you need the context because we don't have the context before. Like, I, Warbreaker, like, something on Nalthus could work. You don't oh, with all the color, need to go. Yeah, yeah that'd any, be fun. That'd be fun. It, it's just Ooh, that's this. And I'm worried that if people just discount White Sand and it's a flop, that Brandon's not going to do more graphic novels. That we won't get that That's cool why graphic I want novels? it to succeed. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, yeah. I, I did think that the Mastral's Path part was was cool art-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, uh, the fight with Dryl and Kenton near the end, like that was visually striking. And Kesare looked cool. But this book is a lot about talking. A lot of talking. Talking, talking, yeah. talking. Uh, yeah. Which is not maybe necessarily what you'd want in a graphic novel. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they're, they're pretty dialogue heavy as it is. Uh, there's lots of dialogue and stuff, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like, my perspective, which it differs from Ian's, although that does make more sense to me now, what you're concerned about, it's not White Sand, but just the future of Cosmere graphic novels yeah, that I, could eventually be better. Yeah, which that totally makes, sense makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Oh, like... Outside the main Cosmere, like, structure books, you know what I mean? Like, the pillars, which are Stormlight, sounding like Elantris, Mistborn, with Yolan mm-hmm. in the background, you know? Yep. Like, the side worlds have purposes to them, like, much more directly. Like, Warbreaker mm-hmm. is to introduce Nightblood and Vasher. Yeah, and right. That, like, that's the whole reason that world exists. <laughs> yeah, and I, exactly. And I feel like Taldane, that's Chris. This yeah. is here to show us what Chris is, and I feel like it's not doing a very good job at mm-hmm one of like what will probably be like the top five most important characters and her origin kind of sucks which i'm yeah. not happy about i i feel like he should have kept the main cosmere stories as novels yes because like that's what brandon yeah. hypes i mean he should have used graphic novels for side supplemental stories mm-hmm. to I fill f- in the background yeah i and i know why we got a graphic novel is because I don't have time to revise this. This is the only way people can get this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree that that was a good enough reason. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's the best because if you imagine a side story, like that would require Brandon to like script it and stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And whereas white sand is scripted, but I'm just worried. Well, you needed to revise that, revise that. We do see like Brandon going towards that with, um alcatraz six like he's writing yeah. the outline and then turning it over to someone else he better yeah. not become james patterson but anyway no yeah. i i don't yeah. think and he wants to either and i don't think so either, actually but. what jim butcher does like he wrote he plots out the story and then he turns it over to someone else who actually like writes jim you're butcher? kidding what yeah I'm pretty i had sure. never heard that jim but no really are you sure i'm pretty sure if that is true i had no idea about that and I'm like, I'd say I'm the like Dresden a low medium Dresden Dresden that way? No, are, the comics. The Dresden oh, the comics. Oh, okay. I was like, like I was like, why well, is yeah, he spending so much time writing I'm like, why are you objecting to this? No, we were just shocked. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, obviously in, in comics uh-huh. or any graphical medium, someone who's good in text doesn't know, this is how the dialogue needs to be laid out on this page. And so mm-hmm. that thing that you're trying to do, you can't do. We got to do it mm-hmm. slightly differently and stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. much more collaborative with mm-hmm. uh, just everything. 
Uh, but I thought you were indicating something else. So yeah, and I was I, like, yeah. man, I did not. That is not well known. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Here's here's the big question, though. Yeah, the the crux of my argument too. The here's about- the yeah. What happens after Volume Three? Because this is yeah. one book of a trilogy. Yeah, and heads yes. up, like not a real spoiler. Volume One, like all of White Sand, what we will see at the end of the third graphic novel <laughs> is a heavy cliffhanger. Yeah. It's not, it is, like, I would say that gra- that White Sand on its own probably has two, more of a cliffhanger than I like in a novel. <laughs> so, I don't know how yeah. that's going to work going forward. Yeah, are we, See, like, going to get more of the graphic novels that will take a year and a year and a half to two years I, for I pray each? To, I pray not. <laughs> See, I... Again, I don't think this should have been a graphic novel, but... Right. It is a graphic novel, and I think we need to live with it. And I think that going forward, it will be written to be a graphic novel. They're not going to be adapting a prose novel. as. So I think going forward, it might be stronger. I guess. I'm just curious, like, how involved Brandon will be in, like, the scripting. Like, his dialogue is much better now, so I think I actually (laughs) would like to see the dialogue written by him. Yeah. And, like... Which he could still do. Which he could still do, but, like, at a certain point, and Brandon has mentioned this, and this is my still sincere hope, and I know that Ian disagrees with me, is that at the conclusion of this three, Brandon will have spent a lot of time thinking about it. And like working through what he liked and what he didn't about the graphic novel. I know he wants to get rid of slatrification because he doesn't think it makes sense anymore, which is. Did he say for, that? Is uh, that what he said? Yeah, no. He, he doesn't like that, it. He said which that. Which makes me incredibly angry. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so in Brandon's references, that he's thought about still doing it as a prose novel. And yeah. that is my sincere hope is that he'll come yeah. back, do a revision because it's not, it is not in that bad of a shape, especially if he spent the last three years thinking about how he wants to. Str- fix it and restructure it for the graphic novel and seeing what works it's probably like a three month three to six month job of revising and rewriting it yeah my main issue with that is that is a fundamental condemnation of the graphic novel as a failure yeah it is Uh, well i mean it's just like (sighs) brandon's apparently said that volume one sold quite well he said. I know it did, which is why I, I'm curious what the sales on volume I mean, two are going to be. I mean, I haven't seen it physically ever in a bookstore, but you know, I, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I could not find it in at least where I live, but I live in the middle of the I ordered so. it online, so I don't yeah, know. Right. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's like, did you go to a bookstore or did you go to a comic store? Because it was probably more likely yeah, to I be in true. a comic store. I guess that's true. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I am really curious to see the sales numbers on book two with the problem with the release date and <laughs> it not being super well received. How mm-hmm. people are going to stick around for the second one? Because I'm still going to buy it. Yeah. Still love Brandon. Still love oh, the story. Yeah. Still want to see. How Within it turns a month, out, we're but... doing another one of these podcasts. Yeah. We're going to do oh, the yeah. same thing. And you'll hear it's why just... I'm still mad, but <laughs> maybe not. Going maybe not. forward, like they have to bring down the wait times. Like, it's. Yeah. I understand why Be- Brandon didn't want it to be released as individual issues. He wanted to wait until there's a clump. Mm. I mean, that's not surprising. And it goes back to, like, the issues with the um, Wheel of Time comic. But I think if we had individual 
um, comic releases like steadily going along, mm-hmm. the wait for the collections wouldn't have been that bad. Yeah, because this is this, and you know the you know graphic novels better than I do, Ian. This year long wait for a big chunk of story is not the way the industry does it normally, is it? No, they okay. really. It's just usually still issues. it's like a month for like DC Comics, like mm-hmm. they most of their series like they release one issue a month uh-huh yeah okay i wasn't sure if that was so, the way it was still done w- would they yeah. be like yeah. 150 pages though each and per issue no, no no they they do yeah, one okay. like it, one chapter from this oh would okay be released, right. like mm-hmm. maybe 30 pages and then maybe they don't start releasing trade paperbacks until later on mm-hmm. but, i see and then like i know that in the past they've been spotty on that but since the rebirth initiative that started in 2016 they've been very steady so like monthly titles like every six months you get the trade paperback hmm. mm-hmm. seems so. like a pretty good system uh yeah yeah but and I, it's been working great i i think if for uh, us uh sanderson fans uh having things split up into small chunks it's like yeah we're we're not used to that. Uh, we're, we're, you know, <laughs> we are not used to that, uh, especially if you're not used to how comics work. But e- even still, uh, this wait's been a really long time for yeah. this one. And, and Brandon did mention that Dynamite waited to see how like, vol- um, Volume 1 sold before starting work on Volume 2. Huh. So hopefully like they've been working on Volume 3. So it won't be as long, but without talking to Brandon, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, fortunately for us guys, we don't need to decide whether Brandon writes uh, a, a white sand prose version or not, uh, or what these sequels would be. But it's it's interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Brandon's going to do what Brandon's going to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we have to live with it, which I have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Any uh, last thoughts? I think we kind of talked about all the things, but any, any last thoughts on this uh, first volume and Taldane? I, I want so. an illustrated Ars Arcanum for the end of this. I think that'd be really cool. Yes, that'd be I sweet. Would. Yeah, that's not my idea. And, Someone else had that. but Yeah, and Brandon said like, oh yeah, that that's a good idea. We'll maybe do something like that, which I'm hoping they do. Yeah, But like, not necessarily an Ars Arcanum, but the writings that would eventually become an Ars Arcanum Oh, like a proto, yeah, proto ours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be sweet. Because Chris, Chrysala is not Chris yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she hasn't grown up to be what she is. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, we will be back later. Uh, probably not the week of the twentieth. Uh, but a bit later. Yeah, we'll, we'll collect our thoughts. Uh, I don't really n- think a lot of you are going to be like, oh, man, I'm super hyped to read this. So I think we might wait a little bit. Might give you a little more more Stormlight stuff. Although we, we do have something that uh, might be very exciting for you next week. Uh, they'll be quite different from what we usually do. But yes. Not um, that we're going to tell you what it is. No. no we'll have to wait and see. Not at all. <laughs> uh, in case something goes wrong. Uh, but... um. Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe on YouTube. You can follow 17th Shard on Twitter and Facebook. And of course, you can just come to 17shard.com and our Discord, which is linked below wherever you're listening to this. Uh, You can chat with us. 
you can chat about white sand or whatever you yeah. want to do. Yell at Wendy that he's wrong about how much I hate it. You know, but mm. I, I you all right, David. You were very. Uh, I think your criticisms is are not unwarranted. I appreciate that. But you know, but, when uh, we talk in private, when we're not recording, yeah, you're a little, uh, you know, I'm a little angrier. About yeah, a little angrier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're 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 a professional operation. We definitely didn't miss an episode last week. But uh, anyway, uh, we had an episode ish. Mm-hmm. It was not a real episode. Yeah. I saw the view counts. I I appreciate everyone who who viewed it, but uh, definitely more dislikes than usual. Which is I that's fair. But hope you enjoyed that anyway. Hope you enjoyed this one too. And we will see you again later. Bye. Bye. Ta.